0: we
1: back folks here on the michigan insider sports talk 1050 wtka online at wtka.com sam webb mr ira wine trouble on the other side and it is time for the mgo blog roundtable crew to come in like they do every thursday at the nine o'clock hour fellas good morning how are you Start with brian cook good morning good morning yeah, Hello. Man. it's a great morning <laughs> right uh, and of course we don't have to Talk about a, a loss. O'Brien, much more chipper this morning. What? <laughs> Seth Fisher, how you doing
0: this morning? I'm I'm great. It's cornerback week and 2023 recruiting articles, and I just did Calhoun, which means you know who I'm on right now. So yeah,
1: I'm- hey, man. Look, and that's actually a really good segue. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, yeah. the venerable Craig Ross, how are you? I'm very venerable this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned Cam Calhoun, yeah. and why don't we just start there? He didn't have an Ohio State offense. You know they're they're very quick to talk about who doesn't have an Ohio State offer. I had uh, Rob Morian for the episode of Behind the Uniform that we're going to drop next week. That's a real thing, but it's a real flex. I mean, it's a weird flex because it's like, man, like Luke Hamilton said, "Have you seen their DB their secondary lately?" I know you guys saw him say that on Twitter, right? You saw him say that on Twitter. I know you did. And it's like the perfect reply to them talking about anything to do with development. In the secondary.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, you didn't offer Rod Moore. Good job. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, <You> absolute yutzes. <laughs> I mean, it right. shows Kyle McCord over J.J. McCarthy. That's what your line is. It's like, okay, good job with that, too. If the Ohio State spring game is any indication where he's throwing multiple picks against that secondary, I don't know. I'm just like, you can't say it anymore. I used to be like, oh, he didn't have an offer for us when we beat Michigan all the time. I was like, bro, yeah, Luke Hamilton didn't have an offer from Ohio State. Look at the state of the offensive lines in this rivalry. <laughs> like, what? what is this telling you? It's not telling you anything except your scouting sucks.
3: Be, well, and be, you know, beyond that, Luke Hamilton uh, also is uh, – he's sort of a focus for, for bringing kids together in, in, in the class. So it's not just that uh, they, you know, they lost out on a guy who I think is going to be a good football player at Michigan, but, but they lost out on, on the synergy that he brings in his, in his his own recruiting ability and his ability to sort of focus uh, other kids in, in the class. So, yeah, I mean, so what? You didn't offer him, you know, like, as Brian says, congratulations.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're going to flex on any positions, I would think that secondary and offensive line would be the two you would avoid. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, like, I, like almost any other position, baby. I mean, OK, but
0: those two.
1: Oh, well, I mean, about? the
0: receivers are visiting their coach in the hospital right now, so they can't really be bothered.
1: I mean, well, they they recruit receivers. Like, who can knock that? You can't even yeah. not no. talk about the recruit receivers, yeah. Yeah. right? So, yeah. I
0: get that. Yep. Although yeah. Heartline but, does kind of keep on getting into accidents.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I I I don't know about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 um,
0: but I yeah. I and they've got some more great guys coming in. But like you you know, people from St. Ed's because it's a major program and. You ask St. Ed's, who's the best player on the team? You know, it's been Roebuck for a while. That guy's a monster. And then it's like, yeah, and we got the twins. But like, you know, Michigan was talking to the twins, and Michigan has been on Robuck like since the start, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that guys develop late, and guys and, and things change. And I also do believe that the twins are probably better fits at Ohio State because they pass more, and they're that's how they project. But mm-hmm. like to come back and be like, hey, you know, we we've got the two four stars and you've got the three star. That's that is not a representation of what's going on there. <laughs> yeah,
1: man. And look, I, I I like those those two good two good dudes. They've been by the studio. We interviewed them in the studio. We knew they were likely to wind up at Ohio State. But fit matters. Mm-hmm. And if the offensive line coach at the University of Michigan, who has had the best offensive line in the country the last two years, goes out and offers a, dude, offers a couple of dudes and say they are great fits. I, I would say that that is a pretty good endorsement or, or affirmation of their talent level. Talking about Luke Hamilton and, and Ben Roebuck. And you're right. Like, if you talk to people about who's the best player right now, I think you're, you're spot on. Do, are there good projections for the Armstrong Twins? Absolutely. But I think Ben Roebuck's fit on this offensive line is prime. And what I like even more... You guys know me. I mean, I like a little edginess on my team, and I especially like my offensive line coming with that kind of mentality. I like that these guys are inviting the smoke. All any smoke, Ohio State fans want to bring at them, or or players or recruits. They're like, bring it on. <laughs> We're ready for it, and they're coming back with some really clever barbs, which always goes a long way too.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. The it you know. I, It's hard to complain about Michigan's offensive line recruiting. I mean, whether they've been highly rated, whether they've been four stars, whether they've been three, stars, they mostly have worked out. And, and so what to me is most important is talent evaluation and what, and what your staff is doing on talent evaluation and how they fit within your program. And to that extent, Michigan and Sharon Moore have done just fine. And the last two years, their offensive line has probably been as good as anyone's. Uh, Other people, outsiders who evaluate, think that. Um, So, you know for Ohio State fans to to say, oh, we didn't recruit Roebuck or we didn't recruit Luke Hamilton, as Brian says. Well, congratulations, because I think they're going to be good players and they're going to fit in. Um, what's going to continue to be the best off this year, this is going to be, I I would guess, the best offensive line in the country again, and it'll probably be next year too.
1: Yeah, so, it, it'll it be, And put it this way, uh, yes. I don't think that you'll see much, much drop-off. It might not be Joe Moore award-winning, but I kind of think that Joe Moore won't give him... He just won't give him the award. Three (laughs) Three years in a row. So they they might perform as well or better, but there's just no way they win the award three years in a row. Hey, but but guys, we sort of touched on this a little bit last week, but I want to bring it back up because Steve Clark said to me yesterday, he said, "I I heard you talking about Ryan Day being on the hot seat next year if he loses this year. He said, no, Sam, If he loses this year, this could be it for Ryan Day. (laughs) Any of you guys buy that? You believe? I mean, remember, field goal away has the number two recruiting class in the country. Everything's going well for them for the most part, except beating Michigan.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know because it's a road game and Michigan looks very loaded this year. If Michigan's year goes the way that you would expect, you know, they're probably rolling into that game with at most one loss. And honestly – I think that would be an upset, so I think he can probably get away with it. And then, like, if that happens, he would be coaching for his job in the shoe the next year. That's I think I think that's the timeline that makes the most sense for me.
3: It, uh, that makes no sense to me at all, Sam. <laughs> just because, how many games has the dude lost at Ohio State in three, five? I don't know, none. I mean, almost none. I know that. And so for one game to, to, be, to define his entire career, uh, just, it, it just seems like not a legitimate take. The guy's been completely successful. They're, they recruit well. They, like you say, Brian, they were within a, one kick of beating uh, 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 Georgia. You know in the in the national semi. so i i just don't see how anyone could legitimately say that all that right so so let's
1: so do this to do this take all uh take all reason and and logic and do away with it pretend you're an ohio state fan now make that assessment of them losing the game this year and what ah the-
3: i love bush lighted wrestling <laughs> <laughs> You might as well ask me to pretend I'm J. Fred Muggs. I mean, I have no idea what. I mean, I grew up in Ohio. I I'm never wearing an Andy Katzenmoyer jersey and
2: pounded brewskis.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have no use for the written word. That's my point exactly.
1: <laughs> that's why, but that's why Steve's point might have some error. I mean, G. Smith came out and gave him a vote of a vote of, in, a vote of uh, confidence. Last week, right? I, he's my CEO. As if you have to say that about a guy who was a field goal away from the national championship game. I mean, I thought I thought that was pretty telling, Seth.
0: I mean, he he's also the guy who said Trestle fires him, not the other way around. So that's that relationship. That was true. G. G. That was Gordon That was Gordon. Oh yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that, was that was Gordon G. That was yeah. Gordon. Yeah. That was Gordon. Yeah, I get. I'm sorry, I got them confused. The, um, but I mean that's the way things work at Ohio State, and that's the thing. Like you, as long as the Ohio State coach is beating Michigan and winning, and like and winning games, that's that's the two, right? That they have two things on their platter: beat Michigan and win games, right? They don't always have to win the national championship, but you have to beat Michigan and you have to win a lot of games. The manner of next year's game could matter a lot. If Michigan comes in, like, one loss or no losses and wins at home because J.J.'s amazing and wins the Heisman, that's one thing. If J.J.'s injured and we beat them with, like, you know, throwing the ball three times or something, that I mean, like, the the matter of it could be – the matter of it matters, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Style points matter, and they especially matter, I think, in that game. But I still, I, it's hard for me to imagine firing a coach who's been as successful as Ryan Day has been. And he has been incredibly successful, truly. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't see it.
1: Well, here is here is something to really look at to, to segue a bit. Going to be great to see Sharon year two in uh, in the offense um as the as a play caller but now having the full the full play call sheet in front of him also going to be good to see Jesse Mentor in year 2 Brian he was recently on the inner trenches uh, podcast this week and went basically position group by position group and gave him really some some revealing commentary on the state of the the defense heading into the season
2: yeah and uh, obviously he calls out that second cornerback spot as the one big question mark and he, he talks about Maureen Walker, but he also talks about Jaden McBurroughs, who is reputed to have a, a good spring. And people have been talking about him since he arrived, despite the fact that he's barely been healthy. So I think that's another guy who, who could emerge. And then we saw Will Johnson emerge midseason. And the, your candidate this year for that appears to be Jair Hill, who... I believe is Michigan's highest ranked corner in this recruiting class and a guy who I think you personally thought was underrated, even though he got some pretty nice uh, recruiting dap from, from the industry. So, you know, I think that's definitely the question mark. And then, you know, the other question mark for me is like, what does the pass rush look like? And so he's talking about Braid McGregor and Derek Moore at one of those end spots opposite Harrell and uh, Josiah Stewart. And I think that was interesting because, yeah. you know, if the one of the end spots is, is like a platoon between those two guys and then Harold and Josiah Stewart are at the other spot, it kind of feels like the Harold Stewart thing is a passing down, running down kind of yeah. platoon. And then I think that might be the case for the other spot too, where you might see McGregor be more of an every down guy and then uh, more come in as a, as a pass rush specialist. But that's just speculation based on the fact that Morris is a little younger than Braden McGregor. But I, I, they just need, I think, one guy to emerge because I think you're going to see Mason Graham really emerge as an interior pass rusher. And as we saw with Mo Hurst, that really does an awful lot for your defense if you can get pressure up the middle.
1: Yeah, man. Mason Graham, I, I'm, I don't know if you guys – I mean, his hands are enormous. I yeah. mean, it's um, – <laughs> Just, just can get rid of blockers. Super explosive. I feel like you, Brian, and he's gonna take a big step this year. But I want to seize upon your point about Jay McBurrows because one of the things that I've learned to do over the years is is to kind of cross reference. Uh, you hear the coaches say something, you want to know are the players thinking the same thing, and vice versa. And Jay McBurrows is one of those guys that coaches and players are talking about as one of the guys that. Rod Moore spent the majority of his time talking about the other guys on the team. That's the one of the guys or the guy he spent the most time on and saying, man, he's the, he's one of the biggest hitters on the team, which we have talked about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he said, you know, I also think he's one of the best man cover guys on the team. He said when I needed man covers tips, he said, you know, you talk to Will, you talked to Mikey. He said, Jaden McBurrows is, is up there in his man to man cover skills. And, Watching him in high school, I thought that that was—I thought his man cover skills were were really good. He's a guy who is an absolute thumper, so he can hit. I think is he was the high school version of Antoine Winfield, right? Mm-hmm. So the the question was top end foot speed, which uh, I think that they've been they've they've shown he he has enough. And then the other is you know the day to day, Rod Moore is a guy like Will Johnson who is going to live. They're going to be eat, sleep, drink, breathe, film study. They're going to be on that grind all the time. I think it's been more of a maturation process for the other guys. So can you can you apply the same kind of preparation that the guys that were playing earlier in their career applied? I think you're seeing Jay McBurrows be on that level now too.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to believe at least by the middle of the season that that position won't look pretty good. I mean, you've got competition there with McBurrows, Walker, Jair Hill, at least, and maybe somebody else. And it's just impossible for me to believe that that position won't work its way out and be pretty good. Uh, So certainly in the first half of the year, you're not going to see teams come out and throw the ball uh, in, in, in the direction of Will Johnson. So I, I, I think that position's going to get worked and I think it's going to be by the middle of the year solid. Pass rush, I don't know. We'll just have to have to wait and see. I'm optimistic about that, but uh we'll see what happens here. I mean, Brian's point is good because there's nothing better than an interior pass rush. If you can get a pass rush up, some pass rush up the middle of of the line, well, Everything else is going to fall in place. So, no
1: doubt. So, uh, Seth, I know you follow recruiting. Another thing that Rod said, he said, you know, to tell me about some of the younger players, he said, Jair Hill is going to play. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. So, we he all agree. All the guys are saying it, watching him and Justin spring ball. Jair Hill is going to play as a freshman. So,
0: yeah, we, we, uh, we do the this thing, man. We're what, like, we're like, what's the most underrated yeah. recruit of the class? And, like, it's hard to take the guy who's the top of the class. <laughs> I don't, or, no, man. Well, uh, at, We've always know, restricted uh, yeah. that to
2: three stars. Th- so it's gotta be Hill- a three stars.
0: So I'm not allowed to do that yeah, guy. You're not but, allowed to. Right. But like the, the one who the biggest difference between where his rankings at and the number I'm gonna give him, that's probably the biggest one in the class. Uh him or Hewlett probably. Just because like Hill he he was so locked in on Illinois and Michigan, I think, through the whole process. So like He wasn't being looked at by the South, and when you're not going to the national camps or making those national camps, they're not really talking about you. Like, you need an Alabama and Georgia after you if you're going to be a five-star. And, like, they also will never put a five-star on a guy who's, quote, raw. But that is a problem. He is kind of raw. So I think that Minter is probably already looking at his guys and going, well, I've got players who can play a lot more man than I had last year and and I pro- and they don't have fifth-year and fourth-year seniors. So I'm guessing they're probably just going to – it's not going to be as complicated as it was last year. Because Will Johnson didn't get to play until halfway through the season last year because that defense, if you screw up your change, right, if, like, the guy goes deep and you're not supposed to go with him and you don't know that, then, like, that guy is just wide open downfield. And we saw that a couple times in the spring game where um, I think Saab missed one and Jair Hill missed one. So mm-hmm. they have they have that to work on. But like if they can simplify the defense a little bit, they can probably access Jair Hill a lot more. And you can do that, you know, when he's on the field at least. And that is athlete. My God, can that guy move? Denard man. on Denard on defense is what I was calling it.
1: Yeah, man. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. I I, I don't uh you know, we talked about a uh, Marion Walker some and he said man, he's just like what everyone says, he's a freaky athlete think it's like any prospect who is going to a position for the first time there's going to be some growing pains and we saw some of those in in the spring game you know when a guy has experience not under his belt and, and talent like Jaden McBurrows, I think it's reasonable to kind of look at him as a guy who is going to be ahead of of Marion Walker I think that'll be a battle in the fall uh, I think both will play but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jaden's the, the guy certainly at least to start the season there you move up front Man, I was in. I was. I thought in the spring game, Derek Moore was one of the guys who really flashed. I mean, he can play with speed. He can play with power. I, I just the, the combination uh, that he brings to the table is to me the most intriguing of the. I mean, I like Josiah Stewart. I'm I'm excited to see him, but I'm most excited about what Derek Moore could be this season.
2: Yeah, and his recruiting like takes were all like this guy is a flash upfield and he has size and what he needs to do is he needs to refine, refine what he's doing. And this is the year where you're going to find out how he's refined it. Cause you know, he'd flash last year, but flashing is flashing and doing it, you know, game in game out is a completely different thing. And he's going from year one to year two, uh, you know, a guy who is getting excellent coaching. And I think like, if it wasn't for Mason Graham, he'd be the guy I was the most excited about seeing from that freshman class. Because I think you know, Graham's just going to explode. And then you have Kenneth Grant on the interior, too, who's not going to be a pass rusher unless God has truly blessed us.
0: <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he,
2: he looks like a guy who will also be a dude. And so you've got depth. I mean, we're talking about this defensive line. We've already talked about two potential st- like excellent starters at both end spots. And then on the interior, you have Chris Jenkins coming back. You have Graham, you have Kenneth Grant, you have uh, Rashawn Benny, who I thought flashed in, 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 yeah. in yeah. time last year. So not only is this defensive line got a number of breakout candidates, but it has that depth. And I've always said that at those interior spots, you really need one and a half starters. And it really looks like Michigan has that.
3: I mean, do, okay, no, ahead. Ahead. I, I mean, doesn't it feel to to you guys that this defense has a good chance of being better than last year's defense? Absolutely, I do.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like you get both linebackers back. Yeah. So, and linebacker is the position on defense where I think experience counts for the most. And get Hausman. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how much Hausman and uh, Hill Green are going to play, but they're they're two. Now all of a sudden you have a two deep and you have Rolder who played as a freshman too. Oh, so last year we were like, ah, oh, we don't have any linebackers and this year. Okay. Well, we, we've got a pretty decent shot at having some guys who can play and you get partridge back and linebacker play under partridge was very good. And really just, I mean, your secondary is looks great except for that one spot. So you fill that one spot and you get a couple of breakthroughs and you got enough uh, lottery tickets to expect that you are going to get one or two. And yeah, you're you're looking at something that could be lights out.
1: Here's a question from the crowd and it kind of fits in with what you were just saying. Question, do we hit the transfer portal for any position? Do you think the Wolverines are or should be shopping for any positions in in the portal
2: right now? I mean, if there's an established college kicker mm-hmm. who's a plus kicker, that's what I would look for.
3: Well, you yeah. saw that the Ohio State kicker left in the portal today or yesterday. Really? hmm. Their place kicker left and is in and is in the portal. Now, I don't know if he's any good. I don't know if their place kicker could do anything, but he is out there as of today. Well, we know he can kick extra points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I mean, I, uh, that's a good thought, Brian. The uh, uh, you know, but we don't know what Samaha can do. Uh Menser looks to me like he'll be able to be a good, solid kicker on, on shorter stuff. I just don't know if we've got, you know, we don't have a moody-type kicker at this point, probably.
2: No, um, but one one thing that I have noticed across the league is that, you know, I was irritated doing all these previews last year because nobody had a shaky kicker, not even Nebraska. And that's because Nebraska went out and got some guy from FCS. So right. it feels like you don't really get a whole lot of data on kickers in high school, but then you do start getting a significant amount in college and level doesn't matter. Right. If the guy's kicking them, the guy's kicking them. So like no disrespect to the guys Michigan has on the roster, but they sort of inherently haven't proved it yet. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think that would be like the one thing I'd be like, okay, let's look around for that.
1: What about, I mean, we, we obviously talking about all the options at corner, if there's an experience, I haven't checked the portal uh, here to, to even know if this is available, to, available. but if you have uh, an experienced corner uh, that you can grab or, or an experienced wide out, uh, you know, I, you got to love where you are with Roman and, and CJ. Um, you know, you still have AJ. I know there was some talk about maybe with the portal with him, but he's, he's still around. Uh, and you got some young guys that you're really enthused by, but I, you know, as much as they were talking about having a Marion Walker go both ways, I wonder when that will really manifest. I mean, I think he's probably gonna have to get his feet really planted firmly on the ground at, at corner before you start counting on him to come back to the other side of the ball. So, do you think it'd be prudent to be a looking receiver as well?
2: I mean, it depends on what you think of Peyton O'Leary. Like, if that guy is a uh, going to be a guy who you can count on for 30 catches then I don't think so. Especially cuz Colson Loveland can split out wide. Um and I hope to see that quite a bit this year and then you got Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards, yeah. So yeah. I you know in in my opinion you got pretty good receiving core and then you have two of the best hybrid players in America. So I don't I don't necessarily think they need to find anybody in the portal at that spot.
3: 100% agree. And uh, and I think that Peyton O'Leary will catch thirty plus balls this year, and uh, I think we're fine at, at the wide receiver spot, particularly when you've got uh, tight ends who can mimic wide receivers, and when you've got a running back who is you want to you want to throw the ball to also. So I don't. Yeah, I just I just I can't
2: imagine it. getting someone out of the portal who I'd rather line up outside than Colson Loveland or yeah. Donovan Edwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I want. The max number of snaps for both those Guys that is that are It's and, possible and to yeah. a degree you
0: don't want to Over you don't want to commit uh, recruit Over some of your younger guys right now Because they're on the way up So like you know Darius Clemens that guy That's a lot of talent right there we haven't Seen a guy overthrow him every time he's open But like that he's Supposed to be a hit down the road and like I think they're pretty fine at wide receiver, especially given how much Michigan Uses their receivers it's not like we're A four wide team right mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there, I, I really I, I agree with Brian where right? I like. I would rather see them develop some tight ends. Tight end, I I know you got you know Barner and you got um, Loveland, but you know your next guy down is uh, kind of a, a fudgy thing right now. Like you know if if they believe in hipner, it's and if it's Hibner yeah, yeah, it's, hipner, Man, it's like the so next well. pure tight end, and then the next guy officially down the list is uh, Bredesen. We knew
1: that dude to run. That was one of the things said about him coming out of high school. But boy, you really saw it in the spring. And now the turf monster got him. But boy, he turned on the Jets. That was uh, that was impressive to see.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, and, and you're right. You got to feel good about Michigan's tight end room again this this season.
3: Well, they have Marlon Klein too, still in there. We haven't seen a lot of him, but uh, I'm optimistic about him. And uh, I think they don't they have a freshman Zach, tight end coming. They have a
0: couple: Zach Marshall and Deacon yeah. Ellie. Mar- right, both and- of them tight ends at Michigan don't play as, as, as true freshmen unless yes, they're right. close to Loveland. Right, right. <laughs> like that, but- that guy was a freak. But I mean, Marshall, you saw him out there at the spring game a whole bunch, and he looked all right. Um, it's just the blocking side of it has to come along. So I don't, I don't know if there is a a version of Max Bredesen who can actually catch the ball out there. That's the only thing I would look at for tight end. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: Bredesen's more of a H back. Fullback type, yeah. and I, I would hope they would try to lean more into him being a fullback because Michigan has used those very, pretty well in, in the past, and I think it's a nice changeup to
0: have. Yeah, uh, actually, that's what I would go. <laughs> I would get some some foot a fullback, just find, find like some guy named Max Stockbaker or something, and <laughs> just have like a pure fullback on the team. Stock maker
3: yeah. is good. I've seen him. <laughs> All right. We got to get to a break. We'll
1: be back on the other side with more Imago Blog route table here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050, WTK the ticket. All right. So go through some of these questions. That is Brady Priest corn. Yeah, he's a top guy, isn't he? Maybe he's a top, top guy. Uh, he has offers from everyone. And I think it's I think it's Michigan, Ohio State or Penn State for him. Mm-hmm. Um Penn State would be the one, at least for me, that I'd be most concerned about, but none of the people, none of the coaches who were responsible for all that tight end success other than James Franklin are still there, so I'm just like, you know, Michigan has a better tight end case to make with Brady Prescott, and he's been to Michigan more than any of those schools, he's super tight with, with uh, Grant Newsom, he just doesn't talk much, like you gotta go see the dude in order to talk to him, he doesn't do like phone interviews, but He's the only guy in that picture, as was pointed out, that hasn't committed yet. But hearing a lot of confidence, but nothing in the way of of being imminent like the other guys. Like they they were sure that that um, Blake Frazier was coming. It was just a matter of when. Turned out to be this month. So
3: how much more will they do on the offensive line? They've got four guys in. I mean, six, uh, six is six. Okay,
1: six is the number I heard. So I'm figuring. I got a crystal ball in for Jake Granera. Yeah, I think he's gonna be uh, in the class. And then you're talking about four or five guys for one spot. Uh, great, great place to be in. I mean, you got Max Anderson out there, who they're really trending for. You got Brandon Baker, the number one offensive lineman in the country, who's coming on on an official. Um, uh, you you got a couple of other guys uh, that were were just in. We're just in here recently, as a matter of fact. There was an offensive lineman who said Michigan was the favorite for for him coming out. He's out of Texas. What the hell is the dude's name? Uini?
0: Ewini. Uh, uh, luckily, you. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uini?
1: Well, he. You know, he was the one who put out the uh, the edit that made it look like he was committed. And then mm-hmm. I'm talking about Bennett Warren. Bennett Warren, is the guy. Oh, Warren. Okay. Yeah, Bennett Warren was the guy who came out saying Michigan was was the leader. But Michael U- Uini, he was the dude who put out that it was like a commit graphic and then put, and then took it down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't, I don't even know what that's about, but he is one of the guys that you would throw in that mix where you're talking about maybe four or five guys for, for one spot here down the stretch and, and likely Sharon being done O-line recruiting by the end of June, by the end of June. That is just, that's a one stuff. Cause it free it would free him up to do some uh, to impact some other re- recruitments. So um going through some of these other questions. What do you guys think about this? Cole cabana.
3: Yes. Yeah. He what can, about Cole Cabana? Can he can he kick and punt return? And the answer I think that that is yes.
1: You, would you do that with him this year? If no. he can
3: catch no, heading. No, yeah. If he can <laughs> if he can catch the ball, I'm gonna try and use cabana too.
2: Well, I mean to me heading's established and also heading is a guy who I mean I want to keep him on the roster, and mm-hmm. getting him touches is hard, right? Because yeah. you get a lot of other options a, this year.
3: That's that's a fair point.
2: So, to me, I, I want A.J. Henning getting those. And also, like, I mean, he he displayed some real skill there last year. So.
0: Remember yeah. when A.J. Henning – remember uh, when J.J. first got on the field? I think it was his first spring game, and he just I'll locked on to A.J. That. Henning because that was the guy he knew. Like, that was actually
2: – that was that was actually – what what game was it? It was a freshman, I think. It was against Western or something.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He got was, in. They got in and second, all of a sudden. Uh, the two of them because he he couldn't see anybody else. And he grew up throwing to AJ Henning, right? Like those guys all were in a were in like a seven on seven group together. I think.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, Cab- Cabana's a guy too that you do want glass. a red okay. shirt. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean, they're pretty deep. I wish we could have gotten.
0: The, I know he was injured the spring. I wish we could have gotten to see him. But
1: and we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WWTKA online at WTKA.com. A couple of things, real quick. Getting questions from uh, from folks, recruiting questions. One of them about Kyan McDonald. We actually are going to be talking about him on the upcoming episode of the Recruiting Insider. So be sure to check that out. Uh, that's the Antoine Johnson in the uh, in the comment section here. Another thing, guys, that we talked about earlier in the show. Need to revisit it uh, because we brought it up last week. The possibility of of Hunter being lured back to Ann Arbor, um, yeah, with with the seriousness that Kansas is showing. Uh, there's word out of Kansas that this is who Bill Self wants, and they're not going to be uh, outbid nil wise. And while I have no proof, Brian Cook, that that is indeed the case, I kind of believe it. I kind of
2: believe that <laughs> <laughs> What's well, that you? I just I you know, they got a head start on the whole like doing that stuff. So yeah, I I think that I think that is unlike I, as soon as I saw that he's visiting Kansas, I was like, All right, well that's probably where he's gonna be, which is unfortunate. But you know, Michigan's still looking in the portal and if they, they pick up a couple of dudes, like, you know, I think they're they're in a good position and one thing that you know, there's definitely some Ewing theory potential here just because you know, Michigan will upgrade, I think, significantly on defense with Terrace Reed as a starting center, and then it's just you got to find enough offense some from somewhere else,
3: yeah. I mean, I think uh, Hunter's at Kansas today, in fact, and uh, so I. My surmise is we'll know pretty quickly, and I have. I also surmise that a lot of what's going on with Michigan in the transfer portal is connected to Hunter. And so, if Hunter commits to Kansas, I think there's a good chance that Michigan ends up with uh, uh, Olivier Kamwa. I hope Kamwa. so. Mm-hmm. so yeah. interesting, thing, yeah. interesting
1: thing about Kamwa, I talked to Eric Bossy about uh-huh. him this week, and it was, you know, his his take on it from the Tennessee side of things is really interesting. He said. They the sentiment in Knoxville is that Deuce just would rather be a pro, uh, even if it means being an overseas pro, hmm. and that college is a fallback option. So, you know, kind of assessing what his market value is uh from an NIL perspective, uh and and balancing that with what might be the best uh you know, sort of college. Spot for him as far as his, his game is concerned, too. That's important in winning, but that's a fallback option. At least that was the talk coming out of now. Is that actually the case, or is that them rationalizing why he's leaving? Uh, I don't know which is which, but it was, it was noteworthy to me that they weren't convinced that he was going to be going to, he was going to be transferring to another school, that they're under the, the, the very clear impression that him going pro. Is a is a is a really good possibility.
3: Uh, They could be right. Uh, I don't know, but I I have a hunch that he may end up in Ann Arbor if uh, If he doesn't go pro. Yeah, Yeah. and the uh, Michigan is in a situation right now. If Hunter does go to Kansas or Maryland or wherever, that they're sort of in an awkward spot at the big position, right? They've got Terrace, and they've got
0: that's it and there's well reads the only center on this team and i'm not right I'm i let you call Trey jackson the center
3: well <laughs> i agree with you but but i mean if, if terrace has five fouls or four fouls who plays center uh-huh. and, yeah. yeah i mean it's trey jackson because that's all they got right and right. so they need another another guy in in that spot and and i think uh Comma is a, a good choice because he's primarily a four, but he could slide to the five, and it and it gives him sufficient flexibility at at the position. And- hey,
1: fellas, hey can, I need you fellas to help me out with something because you 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 deal with the Michigan fan base just as mm-hmm. much as I do, right? And and so there's a this just this weird vibe out there about Hunter that I'm just not and admittedly, I think people know I that's my dude. I, I like him. Maybe I have a blind spot, but I see this all the time where people like you got Michigan fans. We don't want them back. Good riddance. Huh. Hunter is, like this dude in here just said Hunter is trash. And that is like not an anomaly. Where is all this Hunter hate coming from? Is it just because the dude went in the portal? What is that all about? I don't get
2: why Michigan fans are so all on this dude's head like that. Yeah, that's why. Right. You know, he's, he's been at the university for three years and he wants to be the face of the program and then before his senior year he's like uh peace out like i i get that i'm a little cheesed off by it too you know i'm not gonna diss the guy publicly but it's like you know you had an opportunity to be a four-year player at this university and really kind of go down with the legacy and, and now you're gonna be a mercenary at kansas and i i can't you know it's 2023 i understand the how the world works but you know, people who are upset about that, I understand that, too. What you just said is different, though, Brian. Mm-hmm.
1: I Hey, I get being upset, but you got people saying oh, he's, he's trash. They're better without him. Nah, you know, I mean, he wasn't that good. That's the part I yeah. don't...
0: I mean, that, if, yeah, if I mean, that come message on. on our message board, that guy gets downvoted 48 times in a heartbeat. Like it's, yeah, but, it's you know, kind of there's, there's
2: you know, people... Break up with girls all the time, and that's what they say, right? <laughs> it's like, ah, blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> at,
1: at, at the time where that was being said, it just seemed like the door wasn't completely shut on a return. Like, why would you why would you position it like that? Like he's he's unwanted, even if you feel like the the voice of of the fans is is inconsequential. I think Jim Harbaugh kind of Kind of uh, lent uh, kind of refuted that a bit. He said, "Hey, when I look at what I'm doing, I want to know what the administration is thinking. I want to know what the fans are
0: thinking." (laughs) 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 So they, they,
1: that kind of stuff.
0: All right, but yeah, but you can't look at the fringe of the fans because every fan base is going to have their, you know, their the idiot who's going to just. Get mad online now. Is this guy yeah, like? Don't talk through-
2: about Craig like that. That's not nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Craig hey, online. He doesn't. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I mean, I don't... <laughs> that's not true because I see you posting on the message board all the time. See, well, right? on message yeah. board, yeah, but I... <laughs> but yeah, but like like the that kind of sentiment is you're gonna find that if you go looking for it, but. Like I said, if that guy posts that on our message board, he's going to get a gazillion downvotes. Now, people are – because I think what happens you, – you, you see – you have a guy like Hunter, and you're, like, ready to give him that legacy. You're ready to be like, okay, one's going up in the rafters, right? This is, this is the guy that has just carried our team for years. You have a dismal season, and he was literally at the center of that. Uh, where, you know, they – I know it wasn't all his fault – But people were kind of dogging him a little bit during the year. Um, And then he leaves. So, I mean, what you've done is you were prepared to give him this legacy. You were prepared to think of him as, like, you know, the guy who defined his era. And then he goes and leaves through Kansas. Understandable, you can do that. But it's disappointing to people in a way that is going to make the fringe people who are disappointed act like they just got dumped. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I... Here's the deal. And, and it's why I have no frustration with, with Hunter at all. I mean, he probably does not have an N, an A, NBA career. I mean, I've been watching the playoffs and you, and you see the big guys in the NBA and they look nothing like Hunter i mean they they look super athletic they're super athletic guys uh who may not be as good as basketball players as hunter in some limited sense but they're just they just don't look like him and the nba is not going is not going to be interested in hunter i'm sad to say but it's Uh they're not and so he's got two years to make money and and who can who can tell him, Oh, you shouldn't market yourself to the highest bidder, which I believe is what is happening. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think. And who's going to be the highest bidder in the basketball world, Kansas. And that's why I've been saying for a long time now, I thought if Kansas is interested, he's going to go to Kansas. I still think that, and I think he's going to get paid and, and, and he deserves to get paid. And so the rest of it, you know, uh, I, you know, I can't, begrudge him that at all now people don't like him because he's a little um he goes out of his way he's to, on the to edge right. right he yeah. goes out of his way to not be liked right exactly yeah. Yeah, that's the point point. and so and and a lot and to a, a portion of the michigan fan base and i don't criticize that portion of the michigan fan base they really don't like that very much uh so Anyway, some of the things yeah. that are being said on the yeah. posts here are are just not. I mean, there was a complaint, one guy said that he brings the ball down too low in the post. Hey, have you ever watched uh Terrace? Yeah. I mean, he Terrace brings, brings the ball, the ball down yeah. to his feet. <laughs> I mean, so I mean I mean, that's a hard.
0: I'm just literally saw... those are YouTube comments, Sam. YouTube Did you comments. Say... Okay. Did you
1: see what I I mean, it just I mentioned Hunter, and it just exploded. Oh. I mean, he's, he's a lightning rod. He is. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, did you know the whole...
0: first thing about YouTube comments? <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. They're all they're definitely all about this Hunter topic. But Craig, I know you said yeah. that there was there were some developments or uh, that you wanted to kind of touch on hockey-wise before we get
3: out of here. Well, well, just I mean, maybe I maybe I'm wrong about that about that one. Uh, but it look I wasn't clear wasn't clear to me about Garrett Shivsky, who was a good player at Waterloo, and it looks like he will be at Michigan this year, as far as I can tell. And he's a nice player to go with the guy we talked about last week, Moldenhauer. Uh, if Fantilli stays, and he's young, and uh, depending on who he gets drafted by, I think there's a some chance Fantilli will stay. You have a really sweet line with him and Brindley, and perhaps Moldenauer because they played together at the Chicago Steel, and so and very effectively. And so you have a dynamite first line, and you have a potentially dynamite second line with McGararty Nazer and uh, and perhaps Duke. I don't know what you do with Hallam; uh, he's a little fast to play. Perhaps with TJ Hughes on the third line, how that works together, I don't know. But to me, I'm looking at it, and I say, yeah and and with uh if Seamus Casey stays I think he will I like the recruit or the uh, the guy they got out of the portal portal uh uh Davis sure. Warren we didn't Art talk suffered.
1: about him how so how we that so that's yeah. a great
3: that's a great one yeah. to touch
1: on. how big of an addition is that Brian
2: is yeah. i mean he's a top pairing defenseman for BC a guy who was with the national team last year, not last yeah. year as a recruit, a six round probably. pick. Uh, you know, he'll be a super senior this year. A guy with a ton of college experience and you know, an, ideal pair, mm-hmm. a, an ideal guy to pair. An ideal guy to pair with either Seamus Casey or Ethan Edwards, who are more offensive minded. So if you get Truscott back, looks like you will. Then that makes your first two pairings a really appealing set of veteran drafted. Uh, Stay at home defensemans and two of the more dynamic guys in college hockey. Now, Mm -hmm. neither of those guys is probably going to be Luke Hughes, but what we saw from Seamus Casey against Quinnipiac is like, all right, Mm -hmm. let him cook. So I I feel like, you know, then you got to figure out your third pairing, but you get Karen in back. So if you got five or six spots on defense that feel pretty good, then uh, I think that's pretty good going into the season. And then, you know, it's all about like, does Michigan get the Hobie Baker winner back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm still not saying is likely, but I'm saying there's a chance. There's a
3: chance. Uh, there's there a you chance. Should. You know, I, I called him Davis Warren. It's Marshall Warren. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know who and, you are. Yeah. And uh, he actually can score a little bit. Uh, and so I would see most likely Casey and got together. Amen. And Warren with Edwards, perhaps. And then I I know the program likes Drew Skinness a whole lot. You know what jumped out to me, uh, you know,
1: other than they were saying, like, he's a a top-pairing defenseman. He is a captain of a hockey program in Boston, and he's black. That just (laughs) uh, (laughs) – I was like, man, that dude – (laughs) <laughs> definitely bring something to the table to your team for sport.
3: Uh, I wanted to – I'm with but, you. I'm 100% with you. I, yeah, I was I very to, happy to see that.
1: Yeah, I wanted to touch on real quick on the way out uh, a little Michigan baseball because, I, you know, I think you guys know this, man, Eric Backage. I, you, you talk about gut punches that we felt, as many Michigan baseball fans felt, but it's especially on this show. I mean, the rise – and the ride with, with Eric and he was such a good dude and you know, in on the vision and hell, I, I mean, I were even, got, he even turned the to What is topic? i like, we were invested in that program. So when he left, admittedly, I was like, man, whoever comes next, it's just going to be really, really hard for that dude to, to, to get, try to, to win hearts and minds right away. Craig, I like Tracy Smith, man. I, I I think he gets it. I think he, I think he gets this, this this league. Uh I think there are some uh, there are still some some roster uh holes that he's gonna have to fill in the in the offseason. You hope he can get overtop back this year, but man, just watching the way that he's coached this team thus far, kind of finding strengths of, of guys, you know, settling, figuring out the the pitching staff. I like what we've seen and heard from Tracy Smith so far. I know there were 19 and 16, but big series coming up uh with Michigan State.
3: Yeah, he, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I was also a big backage fan, but I like Tracy Smith. Um, uh, he inherited no pitching one guy basically. I don't and I... Yeah. And he's had to piece together, you know, a pitching staff with odds and ends and he's gotten some good pitching out of Renault and, uh, and it, he's managed somehow to 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 keep it afloat and uh he'll bring pitchers in i think i think he's he's proven he's a pretty good recruiter he was at indiana and that pitching staff will get better he he has a team this year that'll hit and that's even without Obertop so right. he was probably their best hitter so you, they, there
1: it, any update you heard it, I should ask i Please. haven't
3: heard nothing i've heard nothing so i don't know yeah, uh, I mean the whole the hope with Smith
0: was that you're going to get the Indiana version of him, not the ASU version. And so far, he looks kind of like the Indiana. We kind of look like Indiana did, right? Where it's just they're they're missing some pieces, but they 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 chug along and they get some timely hitting, um, and they recruit well for a Big Ten team. You just got to remember, in this sport, we are mid major. We're not. Yeah, sport. I learned that
1: lesson from you guys. Yeah, uh, you. Yeah. You gave me the dose of reality, and I was like, "Hey, just pay, just pay the man, <laughs> hey, maybe yeah. pay baseball coach of the country." And you're like, "No, Sam, that's not how it works in baseball. <laughs> not how it works in Big Ten baseball. You cannot do that." And I had, of course, you guys were you you were right about that.
2: You're right. Well, that. I'm hoping. I mean, before Beckage left, he was pushing a new model for baseball that would actually have him play in the summer. And one yeah. of the key parts of it is he was pointing out that even in places like Mississippi State. Their attendance goes up considerably in the warmer months. So, you know, in February and March when they're playing, people aren't going to those games as much. And baseball is uh, a sport that can make money. And, you know, I just, I'm just hoping that someone he's still interested in that now that he's at Clemson and hasn't just dropped
3: it. Yeah. I mean, Stunning information. People are more likely to to watch baseball games when it's warm than when it's 25 degrees. And somehow the Big Ten has never figured that out. I mean it, to me it's a complete freaking
0: mystery. It's Not the Big 10 driving it. There's more baseball schools in the south and so when they go to vote, should we move up the season another week? Should we the question is really do we allow a tournament to start cuz there are all tournaments down there at that time. Yeah. So like do we allow another tournament to go further like earlier into February and they always vote yes because that's how a UCF can be a much bigger program than a Michigan
3: Well, I think, you know, UCF can be a big program regardless if they play when the game's supposed to be played, which is the summer. And if I'm the Big Ten and others and the MAC and other teams in the Northeast and the Midwest, I'm saying the hell with you. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, know, we're not going to let you guys drive the boat. We're driving the boat. We can make money. We can play with wooden bats. We can play when it's hot. We can sell beer. And Sayonara. And uh, and they, they'll, they'll fall in line because they won't have a choice.
1: All right, folks, we got to get out of here. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The Ticket, the official voice of the University of Michigan Sports, Ann Arbor, a Cumulus Station.